Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the official Late Late Show of, Hot, of LCS Monday Night League. That's right, we've secured the rights to be the official, official post-post show after Monday Night League. And we're joined right now by Chris Greeley, who will confirm this right now, correct? Uh, we're just waiting for your check to clear. Okay, well, either way, that's it's it's on its way. Uh, of course, you're, you're here on Hotline League. It's episode 108. I'm joined by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? It's great. Uh, just finished up the the Monday Night League analyst desk thing. Uh, Is that the official name of it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, it was some some games. Those were some games. FlyQuest one was pretty good. I enjoyed the FlyQuest one, and I'm sure we'll talk about the C9 or the CLG TSM one. But I did not enjoy that at all. Of course, this show is brought to you by Alienware. I want to shout them out really quickly, and we'll talk more about them later on as the show goes on. But for the second time ever, we have commis LCS Commissioner Chris Greeley on the show right now. Uh, thank you, Greeley, for taking the time to do this. I yeah, thanks it. for having me. Uh, I'm getting an angry message from Steve right now on Twitter because a while back he DM'd me and said, Hey, let me know if you need, you'd need you like me to be the next guest on Hotline League. Love to join. I never replied because it was late and i was no it was in the morning I, I missed travis it. is bad and now he's seen that you're on and he says damn ignored he's he's upset wow. so but he did just sub for two two years in a row so i think we're great anyway we'll get steve on the next episode it's gonna be fine whatever uh let's talk about this stuff so um first off really do you want to give a little bit of context on what you do for people who might not have seen you know an interview i've done with you in the past or you know be, you being on the show previously sure um I run the day-to-day -day operations of the LCS, so uh, all of the decisions that you hate, I've probably made, uh, and all the decisions that you like were probably done by someone else, and I didn't get to stop them fast enough. So best of threes, that was you. Be well, best of threes was not me. Best of ones was me. Okay, the so there you go, everyone. Best of threes. We're already yes. off to a start, cause why, because I've got all these hardcore fans who love best of threes, so that's it's already... Was best of threes Chopper? Is that who we love? No, best of threes, I think, was Hunter. It was Hunter, yeah. Uh, Which I still flame him for because it killed uh, the viewership. So I think, I always think it's funny. Much like his team kills the viewership for the LCS uh, now, best oh, of threes kills the viewership nice. for the LCS. All right. Uh, so either way, uh, great to have you on. Thanks for doing this. I know we've been trying to get it going for a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think of what we should <clears throat> what we should kick off. I don't know, Mark, if you have anything you want to talk to Greeley about before we start hopping straight into calls. I've been talking with Doublelift. Oh boy! About streaming during academy games, and I know we we changed that ruling already. Oh, was that changed? Or was it? I mean, allowed and Doublelift just didn't think it. I don't know. You tell me. So, um, Doublelift put a stream up on the first night of Academy Rush. Uh, it was against the rules, so we asked him to pull it down. He was unhappy about that and made it known. Uh, we talked for a little bit on Saturday after their game, uh, and he kind of went over the his view, the Players Association's view, uh, on the streaming rules. And it sort of boiled down to them, to, to Doublelift, that uh, we had increased the number of days where the LCS was on. We had increased the number of days that Academy was on. And we had cut down the number of days that he could stream from, uh, used to be five, and we had cut it down to three. Uh, so not only were there guys like him that were losing a lot of money, uh, but we have players that are uh, have 
streaming requirements that are built into their contract and we were making it hard for them to hit those requirements so with all that context we sat down we looked at everything again um, we ask players not to stream during academy but uh, it's not a rule anymore we rolled we rolled back um, the requirements so we still don't let players stream during lcs uh, which has been a rule for a while and, and everyone is generally on board with almost everybody um, and we've asked players not to stream into academy rush um, but all the like single academy games are are fair game. We also opened up co-streaming this year um, for team members and people who are in the league partnership program. So I've seen like um, Dom has been streaming co-streaming a bunch, um, LS, a couple other folks. Boy Boy was streaming the other day. So all other opportunities for for people to get their streams up. So okay. well, it's already been resolved then. That's well. That's so I, I was I was watching. Academy today before uh, Monday Night League started, and the only other streamer who was really on was uh, Tyler One, and he was I think above his average by a little. I think he usually gets around twenty. He was at like thirty or yep. something, maybe, maybe 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 a little more. And I was talking with some people, and it does. I know you said people can stream against those Academy games, right? Can yes, can it's yes. not Thanks. rush. Good to stream, not rush, but they can stream into the games on Friday. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, on, on Monday. Monday. Right, and so I think, as I was thinking about it, someone made a good point that like a lot of streamers, you know, they don't want to have to turn their stream off at 5.30 for uh, LCS or whatever, and so they, a lot of them probably don't start, and then you don't get them on there. And we start talking about how important it is for streamers to have, uh, you know, time to stream. Would it ever be seen as like a rising tide raises all ships now that like some teams aren't playing on Saturday, um, that if they did want to stream against the LCS, would would you guys ever look into that? Uh, because teams do, like you said, have a a harder. I've, I've heard some people talking about just like how much more difficult it is to to find standard time blocks with some teams playing on Monday, some teams not playing on Saturday, but the LCS is still going on and all this stuff. Uh, and you still can't can't stream during Academy Rush, and so if you want to start before, you have to turn it off or you have to wait till after. Uh, would you ever just think about loosening them up more? I think the the schedule overall is something we want to look at. Like I know that the going to three days has messed with a lot of teams' days off, um, has made it harder for some teams to get into a good cadence, and it's made it harder for players to. Um, the we don't wind up with a huge problem on Fridays because teams scrim from twelve to five. Right. So most players won't have an opportunity to fire up their stream before rush starts. So basically, it's like a they wind up taking a dinner break, hopefully from like five to five forty-five, and then rush ends and they can they can jump on. It's it's not perfect, uh, but yeah, we're gonna keep looking at it. Like the the goal isn't to like the goal is to get it right. So we want to keep looking at things and make sure that we're you know putting people in a position where they're able to stream, they're able to hit their contractual obligations for the you know popular streamers, they're able to make some money um, without us you know gating them unnaturally. Well, that's good. How how has the new schedule been working out? Because now it's the second night of Monday Night League. Selfishly, I will say this has not been as as much of an issue for me because I know you and I talked a little bit casually at Asset Day about it. It's, the timing has been great. I think our viewership for the show is up. I've I had to go away for a family thing on Saturday, and it was nice to then be able to come in on Monday and feel like I still had like a second day to get stuff. So, like just from a very selfish perspective, I've been kind of enjoying it and it actually feels quite good mark and i were talking about this last week to to go straight from like 
talking about League and watching League at the studio to coming here and then continuing that conversation. Um, but I'm kind of curious what it's been like for you guys uh, from the right perspective. How are you looking at Mondays so far? I think it's been I think it's been good so far. I mean, the the problem you run into is that you're trying to teach people that League is on on a night where they're not used to watching League at all. So even with that, you know, viewership was pretty good for the first week. I I took a couple of looks tonight, but I won't get the numbers from tonight until sometime tomorrow to figure out kind of where it looked like you know, like where it's going. My guess is it's it'll be down week two over week one. That's just sort of the the natural curve we wind up on. But you know, from the the numbers I've seen, our our week one, um, the Immortals TSM game, we peaked somewhere, including co-streaming, around four hundred twenty-five thousand, uh, which is our biggest opening since twenty sixteen. So that feels good. Um, I think Monday Night League offers something different for fans. Like I've seen a lot of people, there's some people in the chat saying that Monday night feels good. I've seen a bunch of Reddit threads and comments about people who like the ability to watch on Mondays. I've seen a lot of European fans who are upset that they can't watch the games that we have up on Mondays. But, you know, it's like everything else with the LCS. We're going to try it. The stuff that works, we're going to keep doing. The stuff that doesn't, we're going to try to fix or make better. Um, but so far, I mean, I think Monday's been great. Which is funny that so many European fans are complaining because, generally speaking, they don't have good things to say about our league. So I'm surprised that they, they've they taken it to heart. That's why spending time on the subreddit is so hard sometimes, right? If you go on in the morning, it's like all all European hate um, for anything we do. Oh, but, I'm aware. Oh, you, did, you, you see that uh, Vettius? He was flaming us. Vettius I heard it got, that, heard it got it. taken down. I didn't, I didn't get in to see it before it got popped. Really got taken down? That's what I heard. If it's still up there, and somebody sent me a link, Vedius Vedius was flaming us. He yeah. I mean, I don't want to get in, into it too much, but he he was like flaming a play that didn't really happen, and then I I didn't understand. I didn't get it. Okay. It I mean, weird. that should that should be the Monday Night uh, League drama. You guys should use that show as a platform to respond to LEC the Europeans. Masters. Yeah, exactly. Get back at them. Uh, well, either way, I... Okay, so that's all good context. Glad to hear that things are going well so far. Academy Rush not going so well. That's what I will say. Uh, I, I will I will start off by saying uh, it's good to hear Mondays are going well, uh, but it does sound as though Mon uh, Fridays are not. The reception has not been positive. What, what do you think of the state of that current product and sort of the community uh, perception that you've seen? So I thought, I thought everyone was pretty rough on it week one. Um, but we got a lot of good feedback from that, and folks showed up in the Reddit threads to talk about, you know, even if you're not offering it constructively, keep offering your feedback. I think the team made a lot of good changes for week two. I watched, I was in a meeting when it was on on Friday, but I watched it this morning. Um, I thought it was a much better viewing experience than it was week one. The Reddit threads I saw around it were all pretty positive as well. Um, you know, viewership for Academy Rush is sort of not the goal. Um, we want to spend time with the product, figure out how do you do this sort of red zone style format for league? Like if it can be done, how do you do it in a way that feels good, that like, fans enjoy, that you know, creates a good viewing experience, something that maybe we can replicate somewhere else down the line. Um, but from that perspective, right, if, if you haven't watched week two of Academy Rush, I suggest you do. It's only like 35 or 40 minutes, so it's pretty digestible. You get a bunch of big plays. I think three of the games ended really quickly, so it, it moves along at a good pace. Um, I think they did a great job with the transitions. There's not a lot of people talking over each other. They did much better job setting up the plays 
that you got to watch and kind of giving you some info when they cut to the game to tell you like, oh, while you were gone, you know, Dignitas picked up two kills. Let's pick it up with this fight around Dragon. I, I don't know. I've, I've always liked the concept of it. Um, I liked I liked the week one, even though a lot of people didn't, but I, I thought it got much better in week two. Gotcha. Well, I still, I know, Mark, it looks like you're already pulling people into the waiting room before yep. publicly disclosing that we are taking callers. Hey, when people have good takes, I just pull them so I don't miss them. Otherwise... Before Mark even says anything, get your takes in there. All right, well, one of us just fucking sits here and fills time while one of us is interacting. Travis Gafford. I agree. Gaff? Travis just sits here, launches his stream, and <laughs> stares at the wall for 30 minutes. I got to go out here finding people. I got cats jumping on me. I got social media, people reacting to my awesome Gashmirga. All right. Well, you want to you no. explain how the show works, Mark? Because uh, yeah. apparently I don't do anything. So why don't you go ahead and do that? <laughs> yeah, like always. Uh, the way the show works, it's a live call-in show. I'm spamming Twitch chat with the Discord link. If you want to go ahead and join up, uh, you can go there. And then when you get there, join one of the Pleb Calls voice channels. Uh, you can mute yourself once you're in there. And then in the Pleb Topics text channel, you'll go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk about if we like your take we'll pull you from that plug calls voice channel that you're sitting in into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it is your turn come on we'll do a quick audio check make sure everything's good and then you'll be on air blaming chris Greeley. great and by the and way the hope. everyone be nice to mr Greeley here because uh i feel like he's he's become the whipping boy of i guess that's what the commissioners are but you have to take so much uh, from the owners and the fans and all that stuff. So uh, I'm sure we have a lot of, const- of criticism that we'll get into, but hopefully people can make it constructive. That's my request. Uh, Mark, you want to go grab our first caller? Yes, I totally forgot the order. We'll find out. Great. Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> while we're doing that, thank you to uh, Klotfenstein33, DLNA Uzi Lol, Dezello, uh, Purple Ray Q, uh, Liquid. 112 for two years. Dreco33 Whoopley for seven months and says the Kamish Pog and Statement who sent Prime. Uh, let's see. We got our first caller here. It's Darking. Oh, we're getting a cat escorted out of Mark's room. Darking is here. Darking, welcome back to the show. You've been on before, right? Yeah. And I think you've been a long time sub, too, so thank you. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So um, I've been watching Monday Night League for the last two weeks. Um, I've enjoyed it, but I thought it could be better. Um, so I wanted to kind of combine it with um, an idea I've had a while ago. Actually, I pitched it to Dash back when met everybody at Hotline League in Miami. Um, but it was to um, kind of better use a three-week schedule or a three-day um, league schedule, which was to bring back Super Week somehow. Oh, yikes. Okay, well... Uh, so actually, a, you need to not, explain what Super Weeks are for because these, this is such an ancient concept. Um, that, oh, and Greeley's gone. That's it's over. Um, <laughs> he's he's coming over to show. punch me. Remember, we're in yeah. the same <laughs> Super Weeks. in a second. Super Weeks terrified the man. He had to flee. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, go ahead and explain what you mean by Super Weeks because people most I actually assume a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. Right. So there's two versions of what I had with it. So I was just using the name from Super Weeks from like way back when. But so Super Weeks, uh, I don't even remember when they went away at this point, but it's I think been a long time. 2014 was maybe the last year they had them. Right. So Super Weeks was a way for them to fit 
a lot of games in the in the longer seasons. So random weekends um, in the season were um, extra games in them, and most teams, or I don't remember if it was every team had it some weekends, but they had longer games and they would play two games in a weekend. So it was that super week for that team. So Sorry, for example, you're, you're still confusing the way you're describing it. It's not the everybody plays two two games in the same weekend right now. But some they people play four. So two, it's two games in a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you play Sorry. four games in a weekend. So you actually right. play just a, a ton. And I think at the time it was because they only had eight teams in the league and they had a need to make it within a certain number of weeks. And so it just meant that you had to double up some of the games and some of the teams. Yeah, it was a 28-game season. Yeah. And so that's that's why Super Weeks existed. And then they changed it so that they, were, they ended some teams and changed the format and all that stuff. I think that was a Nick Allen decision. Speaking of, of past League Ops folks. Speaking of other horrible decisions by... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> other, other terrible, miserable League Ops folks. Uh, but, so you want to bring it back. How would you do this within a three-week schedule? Or, sorry, three-day-a-week schedule? So, the the I had a way that it worked out um, a while ago, but now I'd have to, like, rework it. But with Chris here, I wanted to kind of pitch the general idea, and then, obviously, the nuance of it would have to be kind of, like, finalize but just kind of give the general broad strokes so the two versions i had was either bring back super weeks for key matchups um so that these teams would have a super week and then some teams would have an off week um so that way you're not um splitting it out and when you have a super week you have a best of three on your day and then that way you would be able to um, people, I think that way you would only have it for like one best of three randomly in the season, like in the halfway point, and that way you can have it for a key matchup. Um, hopefully, you can kind of plan at the halfway point. So the way I so kind of thought of it, every team play point, a best of three at some point in time. Yes. Okay. So the way I thought of it would work would be after you do the first um, first round through first round robin, you would then have the first super week happens immediately following. So the current schedule doesn't match up this is perfectly. So that's why I said there's going to be a little bit of jeering with it. But um, you would do that, and then the next week following, you'd have the first round of Super Week and then the following round of Super Week. And I don't know. With the three days, there's a little bit more leeway. with Maybe you can get away with it within <laughs> one week, and you don't need to do the double weeks. I originally planned it with a two-day schedule. So I, I appreciate um, that not only have you brought up the idea of Super Weeks, you've also brought up Best of Threes. So you've brought back I two, said there's two versions of it. Yeah, two ancient versions. Or two ancient the reason versions. the reason that I brought this up was, I guess I should give the reason, and we won't even bother giving me, or for me to give the explanation anymore. But the reason for it is I want to see NA benefit from our normal schedule in regular season to continue to play into worlds and in worlds we have two weird versions of group stage where one is um you play one match a day and that's it and then the second week right now you currently play essentially a super week style where you play all three games um, against three different teams so you're just saying you want to modify the lcs schedule to more uh, accurately mirror what it feels like to be at worlds Right, and then the other one would be like a best of three because that's another style in the world. Okay, so either one would have a benefit to a world schedule. Okay, let's give uh, Greeley here an idea to, or a chance to give his sort of take or impression on all this stuff. So, what what do you think of this as a as a man in charge of formats? 
so I was not at Riot when they had um, Super Weeks, but the every horror story someone tells, whether it's a team, a player, or a rioter, always starts with, so we're in the middle of Super Week, and then um, I'm not sure begging, uh, or not begging, I'm not sure asking uh, players and teams to play like four games in a week um, is going to go over particularly well. The, the interesting thing about the idea to me, though, is I think one of the problems we have with our schedule now is if you play Saturday, Monday, um, you may wind up in a week as a player without a day off. Uh, and it's something that you know, like there's no way to avoid a Sunday or at least two teams playing Saturday and Monday. So the idea that like we would have one team play Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then potentially give them a week off or only have them play once the following week so they can catch up on days off. It's actually super interesting um, and something I might play around with um, when we start looking at the summer schedule. But the like when you look at Worlds, um, like the problem that NA had in 2019 was not not best of threes, right? It was getting out of the best of one phase. So I feel like we're still training pretty well for that. Um, understanding that at Worlds you can play two games in a day and here you're only playing one. Um, I, I don't know that there's any world where best of threes um, re-emerge in the LCS. We toyed around with it a little bit for part of the playoffs. We toyed around with it a little bit this year um, for certain tiebreakers, but ultimately like we're in a, if you're in a best of one world or a best of five world, but Again, like having teams play an uneven schedule where some weeks you have three games and some weeks you have one um, is kind of interesting, I think. I think uh, just overall, the idea that our schedule has a significant impact on our performance at Worlds is one that I just don't buy. It wasn't like we did any better when we had best of threes, and it's not like Europe hasn't done better since they've gone back to best of ones as well from their schedule. Um I understand the arguments for it, and they are compelling arguments, but based off the data we have, those aren't true. You can make a great argument that's just not true, uh, and that's how a lot of the best of three help our practice. You know, I feel like usually scrims and the ninety percent more time that you spend in solo queue and scrims is what really makes teams improve a ton and. Uh, stage games are nice and they're important for improving, but like the difference between best of one and best of three for regular season is pretty inconsequential to world's performance. Niski in the chat is offended that C9 has extra has an extra Monday that they have to play on the split. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. We thought the extra Monday was a uh, was a gift. Like we, I think. Uh, no, it's not. I thought it was uh, TL and TSM that had the extra day, or was it TL and C9? Well, I wouldn't be surprised at Niski being wrong about something. No, no, no. I'm, sure, I'm actually, I'm sure if he knows his schedule better than I remember it. Jack says C9 uh, has three. C9 has three. All right, so it's TS, TSM, TSM and TL that have four games. The, Niski then said, haha, I have no idea. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, Mark, uh, on your point, when we went from best of threes to best of ones, um, between like going into the 2018 season, we brought all the pro players in to talk to them about it before we made the, the final decision, before we announced it. Um, and we asked them like what kind of impact they thought it would have. And most of the pro players in the room said that it wasn't best of threes that made them better. It was actually um, 
having imports come in where there hadn't been a lot of imports in the region before because they brought different metas, different play styles, and kind of upped the um, competition level, like outside of NA solo queue. So I, I always thought that was kind of interesting. Hey, on that topic, I'm going to make you feel very uncomfortable right now. Uh, there is a uh, the head of global esports at Riot said in an interview at Worlds that he did not want NA to become an import region. And at the time, I think a lot of people took this to mean that Riot would be taking steps that maybe limit the import situation in North America or that it was something that was on their radar. Um, I don't know if you want to explain. I think on a previous Hotline League, I tried to explain the context that his he works with you guys but does not necessarily have the the, the decision-making capabilities on stuff like if he wants an NA to be an import region or not or whatever that means. But I'm not sure if you can respond to that statement that he made. Well, I'll do it in a different way. So um, the guy who's currently our, our, the global head for League of Legends used to be the managing director of NA and EU. So he oversaw the LEC, he oversaw the LCS, sort of like, you know, we all laddered up to him. Uh, during that time, the LEC stopped importing players for the most part. And you see teams like G2 that have five European-born players that go off and, and make a world final and win MSI. Um, I think his comments were more along the lines of he wants to um, help us, help the LCS put programs in place that can continue to develop amateur talent in North America so that we have more homegrown players, not that there's some movement to change the import rules so that NA can't import players. I think the, the goal is for us to be able to grow more North American talent and not, you know, not limit us in other ways. I thought it was the South Park. They took our gerbs kind of... <laughs> Hey, Dark King, uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, I'm just glad that I got a chance to come on and uh, you know at least make the pitch. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Mark, we haven't seen our previous caller. Remember a couple weeks ago when we had a caller call in with a take on a like uh, F1 style inst inspired race type thing? And we said we might come back on. I don't remember. Okay. I remember but the you've idea. You've not seen idea that vaguely. take again. You've not seen that person show up in the chat because I told. I them. don't remember their name, and no one's been like, "I'm the F1 guy." Okay, okay. Well, if you are the F1 guy, feel free to mention it in the chat, Mark. We'll keep I going. forget what the point was. You want to go grab them? I, I'll bring it up later if that's not if we don't get that. Okay, I'm gonna go get someone. All right. Uh, we've got laziness for with 20 months. Thank you for your sub. If you're just joining us, by the way, we have. Uh, Commissioner Greeley on from the LCS. How, how do you like this job, Greeley? So, is it what you thought it was going to be? Well, it's not the job I was hired for. Oh, uh, really? No, I was hired to run league operations um, for North America and, and for the international events. I've sort of grown grown from there. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. So this is I didn't even know I didn't have that context. Yeah. Either way, we got Sheep on the show. Is that how you pronounce your name? Yep. Okay, because you spell it with an A, so it's a little confusing. Where are you calling from? Calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I think that CLG is a dying org, uh, mostly because of their poor roster moves over the last two, three years. Oh, boy. And this, and you've, you've decided to call it with the commissioner on the show to talk about this. And Mark decided yeah. to pull you. That's even more spicy. <laughs> um, uh -huh. Okay, so do you want to explain? So you want to go on a little bit more about this? 
Uh, yeah, I think that uh, every year people talk about teams, uh, especially during like when they try to rate put teams into tiers. Uh, I think CLG is always rated pretty high, and I feel like they kind of always let or they are always a letdown. Uh, I think if you look at their roster, to me, it looks more like they're just trying to get by. They're not trying. They don't have like a solid plan. Like, I guess to put it in another term, it feels like they're like half-assing a lot of things. Like, they have Crown, but I don't feel like they really have a lot to support Crown. So, what's really the point of having a pick or a player like him if you're not going to fully support him with the rest of the roster? What do you mean support exactly? Uh, like, I think he's implying just... that Crown is really good. He doesn't have good four good teammates, and so he's yeah. there stuck on this team as crown. I mean, I'm not saying that's true, but, but I, that's my interpretation of what you're saying, right, Sheep? Okay. Yeah, I think that like I think Crown and Stixay are pretty good. I think that Moody is a downgrade from Biofrost, and I just think that Wiggly and Ruin are not like top talent. I mean, Seal G got like... had the really great run in the summer, correct? Yes. I think yeah, but I think that fourth. uh yeah I, I don't know I it just feels to me like like they're they're complacent almost I feel like I, I would have wanted to see a lot of changes if they were going to lose power of evil and biofrost I mean it definitely feels like they've fallen from what they once were I think I tweeted this earlier yeah. today as as I watched like it's just sad because they don't like Crumbs did a ranking, I think, during the start of the split and or during the offseason, and by no means is this necessarily representative of the brand equity of the org, but where he ranked all the teams by how many players their so or sorry, how many followers their players had on social media, and CLG came in last. And it just does kind of feel like they there's not very much love for CLG these days. Yeah, um, I think not even just in league, but if you look at their other games, like if you look at the other orgs, I think they have a lot more teams, a lot more players. You look at CLG and they don't have a lot. They have some decent streamers, but as far as their other games go, they have some good Smash players, I think, too, but that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, well, so I'm definitely not going to say I, I disagree with the entire take because the whole CLG is dying thing is something I definitely feel a little bit like. Uh, it's, it's painful to watch your games. I, I was so bored, even though TSM actually moved the game along pretty quickly tonight, but like. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like it's hopeless watching that 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 team, um, and so the part that I do gr disagree on is like, oh, they didn't support Crown, whatever. You know, that's kind of the reality of the business. Is like, even if you want to remake your whole roster, it, like things aren't going to go right. Not everything's going to go right, and especially if yeah. you're not like one of the best teams historically, or you're not one of the richest teams, it's going to be hard to. Mm -hmm necessarily pull everyone. I'm sure Team Liquid could, if they wanted to ever blow up their roster, probably bring in most of the people they wanted at this point. C9 seems to be able to make a lot of good moves. Um, and part of this also is just how good their management is in general about make, getting these things done. But I do think it's, you know, the way you build a good roster sometimes slowly and over time. G2 was not five new guys slammed together. Like, they made worlds with um, Yankos, and their soul laners, and then they brought in Caps and Mickey, and then they moved their mid laner down to the support, and then suddenly the, they're the best team the West has ever seen. You know, it does take time. And so if adding yeah. Crown on a two-year contract gives you some leverage to be better next year, that can still be a really good move. And so I don't think they should, you know, 
receive criticism if you think Crown is this awesome player that like yeah you you know it was a wrong move. But what I will say is that I still ultimately am disappointed with some of the stuff that happened in their off season. Um, especially, my God, like this is going to be a hard flame, but I've been sitting on it for a long time. But like, apparently, Kobe and some other people went to like their training facility in the off season, and the staff there—I don't know who said it specifically or anything—but they were like hyping up Smoothie's communication, um, and one of the rubs on smoothie for a long time has been that he talks too much and it's not good communication either. You know, high yeah. talked a lot, but people liked when high talked a lot. And so CLG apparently said, no, 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 that's going to be good for us because our players are too quiet. And so now we'll have someone with a large voice on the team. And it's just like such an arrogant mindset to me to think that you're going to take this thing that, is a weakness and you're somehow going to like morph it into a strength out of nowhere. It just feels so like, like I said, arrogant to think that you're going to f- fucking fix this thing. That was a problem on every team that he's been on from what we've heard from people who have played with him or, or from his team, you know, like I just can't like, this is who he is. This isn't something you can just change. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't improve it or you can't work with him. But like to say that was like a boon or like this, this was somehow what's made it a good move. is just like, insanity and like i think crown as good as he is sometimes it doesn't matter how mechanically good you are if if mm-hmm. you can't win with him and like yeah. i'm not saying crown's that guy after only one year in na and it doesn't seem like he has that much help right now but i think it's really important for whoever's going to be your best player to be able to say like i need this right now this is how we're going to win the game i'm the fed one because i'm the good player and i think that's something that is very underrated about hootie is that his communication actually is really good and while he might be a bit of a, some people think, you know, a resource hog or he demands to play a certain way, that actually can be good when he's like your main guy. Yeah, when he was and on a, a cool box. Pretty and good. that's something a lot of Korean, Korean imports struggle with, I think, is like as good as they are, they don't have the synergy and communication with their teammates to be like, this is what I now need to carry. I think that's what's something that's always held someday back from what I can tell. But I've also heard that he's a good shot caller. So I don't know about that. Maybe not the best example, but. So I, uh. I, I don't know. I, I, it, was, it was just one of those things where I, was, I had CLG fifth in my power rankings just based off strength of roster, I think. But ugh, ugh, I, some of the reasoning I, I heard is... I want to say, so I'm, uh, really quickly before I toss sort of a version of this question over to Freely, I am very disappointed in, in CLG for some time. I just feel like it's there. it doesn't feel as though... There's like a longer video that I've been thinking about doing about this, where it just doesn't feel like their ownership group is like really investing into them in the way that I wish that they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like the legacy of that org, I feel like is just is kind of dropped off a cliff. Like you look at a lot of their Twitter engagement, and it's just not there. And I think they weren't able to really capitalize on the big boon that they had in summer. So, not expecting greatly to respond to necessarily, hey, CLG sucks. What are they doing with their roster? But I'm kind of curious, really, a version of this is you have you have certain teams in the uh, league who for a long time, I feel like have underperformed team or like fan expectations, right? So CLG, who hasn't shown uh, as much as they used to uh, competitively and maybe from a brand perspective, FlyQuest up until this split, I would say was oftentimes like the butt of a joke in terms of their brand stuff. Golden Guardians just cannot seem to get their competitive act together. And I think that like, Keith to support has been really disappointing for a lot of fans. As the commissioner, do you look at 
sort of the performance of these teams competitively and from a brand perspective and like wonder, you know, is, I, is, are there things that you need to do? I think before you go, Chris, sorry, we might have a call around this topic. Some people have left the channel, so I don't remember which topics are left, but at one point someone had that topic. Okay. Well, maybe we can just go high level without diving too far into it, but I'm curious. Okay. Well, we worry about, <clears throat> we worry about things from a couple of levels, right? So if you, if you are a perennial ninth or 10th place team, right? We want to understand why, right? Do you have, um, is it bad luck, right? Did you spend a bunch of money on a roster or bring people in that didn't ultimately gel or are you paying kind of minimum salaries and, you know, kind of coasting off revenue share, which, which I candidly, I don't think we have anyone doing, um, you know, when teams are having brand problems, we spend a lot of time talking to them to try to help them establish um, some kind of brand identity with fans, right? It's, it's hard if you're like, you start watching esports, you start watching League of Legends uh, esports today, trying to figure out what team you want to be a fan of, right? There's, we don't have any geo affiliation, so it's not like, well, I'm from New York, so I'm just going to pick the New York team and, and run with it. You're looking for something that you can attach yourself to. And if the team's not out there doing stuff uh, that otherwise like draws fans in, right? If, if you've got five teams that all look alike and, and you can't pick them out, those are the kind of things that we want to lean in and help with and talk to the team, understand like, what do you want to be, right? What, how do you want to attract pro players to your team? How do you want to attract fans? Like why, why should people give a shit about you? Um, we, we have a lot of those conversations and, and to be a hundred percent candid, we have those same conversations with owners about what the league wants to be. Right? How are we making changes in the future? How are we trying to shake things up? Like, what kind of league do we want to present out to fans? Like, how do we how do we get more competitive? How do we get more entertaining? So, I think it's a it's a two way street. But ultimately, I think the teams in the league just want to be better. Right? We want to be bigger. We want more people to watch. We want watching to feel more fun. Um, so, you know, we're trying a lot of stuff, and I, I think teams are as well. Well, sheep. I I don't want to spend too much time on this topic just because we might have another another person. But mm -hmm. uh, maybe on a on a different show, I'm actually really enthused about the idea of of diving into the CLG topic because I I and I don't fault Mark for pulling you because CLG is now zero four. Um, but I I definitely am disappointed, sort of, in the state of CLG over the past two and a half years. Ever since franchising hit, I feel like they've just kind of fallen off a cliff. So yeah. anyway. Thanks for calling. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, let's have LCS finals of some kind in Atlanta. Cool. In Atlanta? Yeah. I, said it, I don't know why I thought I heard Atlantis. <laughs> well, that would be <laughs> better. <laughs> but that'd, that'd be a hard city. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, in Atlantis? You've, you've made your official request. So we'll see if it yeah. ends up happening. Thanks so much for the call. Yeah, of course. Uh, Mark, we can do one more, I think, before we take a break. All right, cool. All right, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, Sherman, thank you for the three months in a row. Really appreciate it. Hope, hope working with Greeley is as pleasant as it maybe appears to be. We should be getting Mark in here any second with the next caller. And here we are. Bosch Jansky, is that how you say your name? Uh, yeah. Bosch Jansky, welcome to the show. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Nice. Is it, is it cold there? Uh, it was like 30 degrees today. Jesus. All right. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I'm 
calling to talk about how TSM made strong improvements to their game from week one to week two and how they are going to at least make spring finals and challenge C9 for spring. All right. Mark, I'm curious how many of our callers have takes on teams versus um, questions for Greeley? A couple. But okay. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not trying to pull anything in particular. I'm obviously trying to get takes for Chris, but it's week two of the LCS, dude. we got to talk about team. Okay. Well, I am curious about this. Okay, so uh, give me a brief summary, Bosch, of your, of your stance on the TSM stuff. I think everyone has their opinion on how bad the TSM Immortals game was, and we don't have to talk about that because, frankly, no one wants to talk about that. Um, I think they looked really good against CLG today. However, take that with a grain of salt, as we just heard how bad CLG is. And I think their early game is good. They just need to adjust their drafting because I think even the Kiana pick today was pretty underwhelming. Okay, I'm going to give Chris the chance right now to, to be a part of the analyst desk, as I'm sure you watch the broadcast often and you feel like you have your own takes on these things. Thoughts on TSM's performance so far, Greeley? So, uh, I root for... I root for two things, right? I wrote I root for good storylines, and, uh, and I and I root for high viewership. Um, TSM Immortals, right? That game went like sixty five minutes. Lots of people showed up to watch, and that was a great thing. Um, so yeah, look, it, it's parity is good for the league. So you want the teams that have been historically popular to make a run for the playoffs. So like an 0-18 TSM is a bad thing for the LCS. Uh, but you also don't want a team to run away with it. Like an 18-0 TL, also not good for the league. So I think the improvements from week one to week two have been great for TSM. Um, like you start to see the teams stratify a little bit. I thought the FlyQuest game was was great tonight. Like, you know, now two, three and one teams. Um I love Jack's comment in, in chat that an 0-18 TSM would be legendary. Um, but yeah, I, I thought there was I, definitely some improvement, right? I, I thought, like, didn't expect FlyQuest to get bopped uh, as bad as they did the other day. Uh, but, you know, I think, like, that was TL, not TSM. But, like, you know, just kind of parity at the top is, is what we're looking for. You mentioned that you don't like the idea of a 0-18 team. Does that mean that right now you're actively rooting against C9 since they're 0-4? Or sorry, four and zero. Four and four and zero. I'm not. I mean, you know, again, rooting the for longer good that goes lines. on, do you root more against them because you want parity? Other than the Yankees, like I grew up as a Yankee fan, but other than the Yankees, I've rooted against every perennial winning team. I hated the Bulls. I hate the Patriots. Like if you string together too many wins in a row, I want to see you fail. Uh, then because... why would anyone dislike Cloud Nine? They haven't won since 2014. Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. I was. I'm mostly just trying to pick a fight between Greeley and, and Jack since I know he's in the chat right now. But um, Jack I... and I have lots to fight about. We don't have to fight about my opinion <laughs> on his team's record. <laughs> I guess that is true. Uh, either way. Uh, okay, Mark, TSM. <laughs> uh, I think everyone knew, even though we were kind of like doom and gloomy a little bit on the broadcast, behind the scenes, I think people were still relatively confident about TSM bouncing back. I think we are a little cooler than like guarantee top three, which is what it kind of felt like in the preseason for a lot of people. Um, well, I guess it wasn't guaranteed. It was they should expect to be top three and anything lower is a a failure with how good Dignitas has looked, though they did just lose a game. Um, 
I'm curious if the TSM will make top three is still like a, a strong take because I, everyone's still waiting for TL to, to really get to full power. C9 looks incredible. Um, I think, you know, they look like they're, they're super, super strong. Um, and then you have whether FlyQuest is legit, um, whether or not they, they last over the long run, they at least seem like they, they have a, a good team uh, chemistry. And at some point, TSM will need to get above that. Uh, there's also questions about whether other teams can improve. Um, so I think, you know, the idea that TSM was, was almost one in three, like even if they were one in three at the end of this week, I don't think it would it would be doom and gloom either. But I'm, I am, I guess I would say, overall less confident in the top three thing. Uh, but they are not as bad as people are freaking out about. About an hour and a half ago, I interviewed Kabe, who said, I'm glad we got one good game in over these two weeks. And when I in interviewed Biofrost after the, the win, what, yesterday? Uh, he was not happy. So I, it's, it's interesting because like, I know they're two and two right now, which actually puts them in the middle, like that giant middle pack. But I actually don't, like I'm sure they're gonna get better, but man, I don't think they look very good right now at all. I think that they would, like they looked really bad in that other game and they just beat the team that is now 0-4 that we all agree, or not all agree, that we were just talking about has been very disappointing competitively. So I, like, I just worry a lot for, for TSM right now because if I think they are worse than their score shows, and I think that if they don't get their act together soon, like they, they might have a really, really rough season. Boszczanski, do you have anything yep. you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Because it looks like Mark's pulled several more. I just think that there are two upgrades that need to be made in play. Um, I think their bot lane has been solid, and I think Broken Blade has been solid. Um, that seems fairly obvious, and the general consensus is that Dardoch and Bjergsen are both playing under under par, per se. And they want to... I think or I think Dardoch needs to play better. They also need to pick better for him. Again, Kiana and Olaf, you're never going to have fun. And Bjergsen's been sick, whether that's an excuse or a crutch, whatever you want it to be, I think Bjergsen can and will play better. That's fair. I mean, I don't think anyone, not to use the Mimi word, but I don't think anyone will say they don't have potential. So, hey, Bosch, thank you so much for your call. Thanks, Travis. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware, our, sub, or our, our sponsor for the evening, and also a, a new sponsor of the newly created, what is the, the, the LCS Arcade? Is that what it's called, Greeley? Yeah, that is what it's called. The LCS Arcade powered by Alienware at the LCS. Now you can actually come in. Actually, maybe you can talk a little bit, not to, to force you into my sponsor plug, but uh, what is the plan with the LCS Arcade? How does it run? It's a uh, it's a shared sponsor plug, so. Okay, great. Yeah, go for it. Clearly we can demonstrate the conflict of interest. But um, what do what, how does the... How does the LCS Arcade, because I actually haven't even gotten the details completely from Alien anywhere, but this is like a new thing that you guys are doing at the LCS. Yeah, uh, so if you've ever been to the arena before, um, there's a spot where we had a merchandise shop. We got rid of the merchandise shop. We opened up um, uh, an arcade. So it looks just like a PC cafe. You can go in, find a computer, hop onto League of Legends and play a game. Like right from the arena, we've got the game up on screen so you can continue to watch while you play uh, and it's meant to give 
folks who are at the arena, like a break from sitting in your seat, more social experience, kind of come out and while you watch a little league, you can play a little league. It's been, we opened it up for this, this weekend was the first weekend it was open. Um, so, you know, all, all reports are good so far. Uh, it's all powered by Alienware. So you can go in and play on Alienware PCs on Alienware monitors and do all the fun Alienware things that you'd want to do at the LCS. Well, speaking of Alienware, uh, I, I've gotten some advanced heads up that uh, starting up this weekend for North American residents, uh, they're going to be actually doing a, a giveaway with the Aurora uh, PCs, R9 PCs that they play with on stage and the uh, and a monitor as well. So you can end up getting the same setup that you see on stage. Um, and that, that'll be running, if you're watching this later in the week, I think the giveaway will be active over at Alienware.com slash Travis is one of the ways that you can you can check it out. But if you want to find out more information about it and get ready for that sweepstakes, which will be happening uh, pretty soon, you can actually go follow Alienware on Twitter at Alienware and uh, and check that out. Also, feel free right now to go over to Alienware.com slash Travis and just take, take a look. I actually think you can find, I don't know if they have it right now, but for a while, and they might still uh, have it where you can look up and see sort of what the build is that they have there. And you can you can get a, a build in line with what the LCS pros play on. So it's pretty cool. Either way, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate it and uh, making all these things possible. I did see uh, somebody from Alienware in the chat earlier. Shout out to her. She says she's going to check out the Alienware arcade, or sorry, the LCS arcade powered by Alienware in person when she's in LA next week. So looking forward to seeing that. Either way, let's get into the next caller. All right. Grab them. How's uh how is the new schedule working for you personally, Greeley? Because you you now are you I assume you're at the LCS on Monday nights. Yeah, I mean we're, the arena is right next to our office, so um, you know while the academy games are going on and then going into the LCS games, like I'm still at work. Yeah. Um, and that that's nice, right? It's nice to kind of run into coaches and players, um, and be able to chat for a little bit before their game. So that's all worked out well. Um, nice. Yeah, schedule's been good so far. Well, we got Prador on the call right now. Prador, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Finland. From Finland. Oh, yes, I remember. It's been a while. Welcome back. Yeah, sometime. Okay, so we have a European caller. Uh, what time is it there right now? It's 7 a.m. Okay. Well, I have an idea on where this is going to go. What's your take? Well... <clears throat> Dignitas and FlyQuest being at top of rankings is more because of how weak LCS is at the moment, not because they are actually strong teams. Okay, another team strength question. We're, this is the analyst desk tonight, uh, Greeley. This is what you'll, you'll be doing. Okay, so you think that they are uh, strong teams. That's what's keeping them there, not because the rest of the league is, is, is weak. No, other way around. Yeah, way around. you got it backwards. Oh. Sorry, the, so, the rest of the league is weak, which is why they're at the top. Yes. Okay. Basically, that's FlyQuest last spring split. Okay. It's hard for me not to agree with you. I, I, I'm curious where Greeley is going to take this, but I I honestly feel like, I mean, Double F said on... on flame, flame the league, Chris. ...broadcast interview uh, earlier this weekend that he feels as though the whole league is just really weak. You look at these games, they don't seem fantastic. It feels like with bot lane in particular, like people are unhappy to play Senna, and it's just it's weird. Uh, it just seems like the league is in a really weird state. We don't even have, I mean, TL doesn't even have their jungler, right? So it does seem like we're in a bit of a weird place right now. Mark, I assume you you agree with this. 
for the most part, I think C9 looks about the level I would want teams who are the best in the region to look. I think Dig versus TL was good, but there's that weird part where right after the or right after their next game, Double is just flamed the shit out of Senna because he doesn't like playing it or something. So um, I have a little bit of a concern. I think if those teams get better, I don't mind. Because um, I think one of the reasons the Dig, or I mean, excuse me, FlyQuest from Spring last year was, was like a little bit of a eh, is because it didn't feel like they had much to improve into, you know? Uh, whereas Dignitas with Hooney, Froggen, uh, Johnson looks legit. Afro has has been good in the past and looks good right now. I think that that's a team that could be a world's team out of North America that doesn't embarrass us um, if they can improve a little bit from here. So I do agree the rest of the LCS doesn't look great right now, and I want improvements out of Dignitas, but they don't. I think they have more room to grow into. Uh does the league suck right now, Greeley? Does your league that you're the commissioner of just suck? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I, I think, like, I've seen the complaints on the meta, the fact that there's not more champ diversity. Obviously, like, the meta is not something we control in the league. Really? Because uh, a lot of people on Twitter and Reddit... I thought like, you said you controlled everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Travis said I control everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Yeah. I did say that, yes. Yeah, uh... So, like, you know, things change patch to patch, like, as they always do. So some patches you only see the same, like, you know, 12 champions that are played and the same, like, four champions that are perma-banned. And then the new patch drops and people figure out new stuff and, and things get a little bit different. I don't... I mean, I'm not going to look at any of our teams and say that their record is only good because other teams are, are bad. Um, also, if you've ever, ever looked me up, uh, like, my solo queue ranking, like, I'm absolutely not qualified for that opinion at all but uh like i i think like i, I, I don't thought know the if you know the show but the show is all about people who aren't qualified from sharing their opinions sure so is reddit and twitter but, yeah, yeah exactly uh, when you look at like i thought the fly dig game was was entertaining tonight like i i think johnson and Froggen have had a, a great start to the season uh i think FlyQuest is planting a lot of trees like uh, i don't know i think it's all good shit <laughs> Uh, Praetor, so it sounds like we're all in agreement except for uh, Chris who thinks that there's more hope for the league than there than there might be. I mean, it, it, you, it must be disappointing for you though, really, to see TL, the perennial favorite for the past couple of years, not Wait, he said he hates the, he hates anyone not the Yankees. He loves this. I guess that's true. You, you're excited. Oh, I was going to say, they, they're, at least they're not playing with like their real roster, right? There's like an asterisk next to every game that they lose. I mean, they like. I thought they looked good in the in the uh, FlyQuest game the other day. Um, you know, they're playing with Shernfire, right? He hasn't been on a professional stage in two years. Like, I'm sure he's kicking off a little bit of rust, and they're they're trying to gel around him while they wait uh, on Brox's visa. So, you know, it's uh, a. It, I look. I've loved the LCS since like 2013 when I found it. Uh, you don't get a lot of bad LCS opinions out of me. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Praetor, uh, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Mm, co-streaming has been really enjoyable to watch at the moment. Oh, so calm down was... there. We got, we got co-streaming topics. Oh, okay. You watch <laughs> you <laughs> your mouth. Well, either way, okay. thank you, Praetor. I, I don't think more of that. Yeah, well, I've, yeah, I think it's def it definitely seems to have been successful. So, 
Hey, thanks so much, Praetor. Alright. Mark, you want to grab our next caller? Ventus Official, thank you for the 24 months. The two years? Holy moly. Easy, say safe. Models? Models? Matt Akavan, Grizzly Smiles, The Despair Bear, and Man Bear Pig 1212. Uh, Guy is here. Guy, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Chicago. Chicago. Okay. The windy. Yeah, you enjoy that ping. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy that ping. I'm still platform. <laughs> well, what would you be if you were in LA? Probably not platform. So um, I would be Iron Five for sure. Yeah. What do you want to talk about on the show? All right. So, word for word, what I wrote was, <clears throat> co-streaming is great because that way I don't need to listen to Mark C's and Dumb's shit takes. Um. So I have it, it, essentially like. On a more serious note, it boils down into, like, three points. Um, like, the first point is that, like, I'm more interested in, like, the strategic side of the game, right? Um, and the color casters, like, while they, like, they can do it to an extent, but it doesn't, like, go all the way for me. Um, the second point is that, like, the analyst desk, while they, like, have the potential to do more, like, in-depth stuff, they're kind of, like, cut for time in between... Um, like games, so they can't really like again go all the way like in depth, right? And then the third point is like that um, co-streamers like Dom and LS have this ability to be like unfiltered, right? Um, what I mean by that isn't just like they can swear like whatever, right? Like they can do that, right? Be entertaining, swear and like do all that fun stuff. But like um, you like instance, to hear like them LS... say, "This team is so bad. This player is so bad. These guys exactly are so bad. right. They they can do that. They can say like that's that's like one part of what I mean by unfiltered, right? Like they can say like, oh, this player is like shit, or like this like draft pick is shit, and like this is why, right? But, like they can also take like some like nitty gritty feature of like or like some like small part of a game and like rant on about it for like five or six minutes, right? Because it's their stream, they can do it. Whereas like. Huh. Um, on on like you know on the broadcast they have to just like keep moving right they just, like they, they can't just like stop and talk about like why like Morello is like the worst possible item to take in the situation right so really talk to me about co-streaming because I've actually been kind of curious about co-streaming in general um, because well I don't, I don't get a chance to defend myself no uh, I've actually been kind of curious about co-streaming in general I can't even see you I just see two cats I don't even I'm I forget crying. that you're even here. That's the reason I'm not on camera. Okay, I'm good. Anyway, uh, so you so anyway, the like co-streaming stuff has been interesting to me because clearly you need to be able to you don't want your numbers to be impacted by in a way that makes it so that you have less viewership to sell. So it's, presumably you're able to tell brands like, hey, not only did we get viewership on our channels, but we're also getting it on these other channels. Um, but to the caller's point, these guys can be kind of unfiltered. I don't know if brands are okay with that. Like, where where's kind of the state of the co-streaming thing? Because it does seem like it's being well-received, you know, especially by Guy here who just called in. Um, I think co-streaming has the ability to take the LCS and bring it to audiences that want to watch LCS in a different way. So whether you want, like, you want to hear shit talk, whether you want to hear cursing, whether... You know, you find a streamer who wants to go really in depth on playing jungle or support, and like that's all they're going to focus on, and that's what you're into. Um, we think co-streaming has has a lot of benefits for fans, um, and we were eager to try it. Like, yes, the there is always the worry that someone is going to pop off um, 
about a sponsor or about Riot or like say a bunch of things over our broadcast that we otherwise wouldn't want said. But um, there are rules around co-streaming, right? You have to either be associated with a team or in the uh, league partnership program. Uh, you know, you can't violate Twitch's terms of service, YouTube's terms of service, Riot's um, user agreement and the summoner's code and all those fun sets of rules. So, uh, yeah, Dom never breaks those. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> and like the, the good thing is, as much as I, I complain about Reddit, right, if somebody pops off with a spicy take, like even if I'm not watching the stream, someone on Reddit is and they tend to post it in a couple of minutes and then I get to watch the clip and we can kind of figure out what to do with it from there. Like ultimately, when you look at the risk reward around co-streaming, we thought the rewards for fans outweighed the risks to the LCS. So we figured we would give it a try. And again, like everything else, if it works, great. Like, let's see how we can make it better. And if it doesn't, then we figure out how to pivot and try something different. You on that. Oh, go ahead. So do you get eyes? I know Travis kind of asked, but I wasn't sure. Do you look at that? Like, how do you work with those numbers? Because, you know, you said all these things that they have to abide by, but do you include those? Because I was looking at, um, uh, like, the esports charts, you know, for, like, average viewership. And I realized there's no way that those online things are accounting for whether LS is streaming his gameplay or if he's streaming this. And same with Dom and stuff. And so, like, the, those sites are already... A little hard, like not accurate compared to I'm sure your internal metrics, but like, are you guys gathering them as a part of your internal internal metrics or not? Because it does feel a little weird when it's like we only got 180k or something concurrent, and then I see LS with 10k and Dom with 5k and like a couple other like people, and it's just like, oh, well, so really we're more above 200,000, but we don't we don't track those extra 20 people, 20k people that we're missing. Yeah, we have. Um... When you co-stream, you you need to put a hashtag up in the title of your stream, um, and we can track them off of that. So we'll we'll look at them separately, like the viewership on Riot channels, the viewership on co-streaming, and then obviously we can aggregate them when we just want to see like how many people were watching the LCS at any any one time. So when you look at like uh, peak concurrent users, like the number of people, the most people watching at once during week one, I think we had like. 395 on riot channels during the immortals tsm game but another like 30,000 in co-streams so we hit something like 425,000 peak concurrent users um during week one which is you know for regular season uh, is a big number um you guys have listed this as kind of like we're expanding the beta of this right that's kind of the messaging around it yeah, expanding the pilot program, pilot I think, program, is yeah. how we, yeah. In a sense, I kind of feel like now that you've done this, like not to use a cat metaphor while Mark is slowly creeping back into his thing, but the cat's kind I of out of the bag, cat. right? Like, people are going to be such big fans of this that if you kill it, you're going to take such intense heat. Uh, I don't know if you have, like, how you've thought about that before or whatever, but it's like this is, you kind of have to, like, hard commit to it now, right? So... Yes and no. So we, we like the idea, right? I, like we, we've spent a lot of time talking about co-streaming for the last two years, which is why we ran pilots during Rift Rivals, pilots during uh, the regional qualifiers. I think we did it during scouting grounds as well. Um, 
because we wanted we wanted data points, right? We wanted people to co-stream. We wanted to make sure that kind of all of the assumptions we had around it were right. So yes, this was a big step for us. It is certainly going to be hard for us now to say like we're turning co-streaming off. But if there's a world where we need to, right? Where you know uh, you know we've got issues with our sponsors or I don't know issues like uh, with um, yeah, people talking about you know. People talking about the LCS, people talking about Riot. Like, if this sort of gets away from us, I, I think that's just heat I'm, I'm willing to take at this point if it's the best thing for the league. But it's certainly not our intention to spin something up, have it be successful, have everyone love it, and then just kill it. Well, let me let me ask you this. So uh, we had a question last week about broadcast rights, and I think it was linked to the Overwatch League uh, going exclusive to YouTube. Uh, let's say in the future, Riot decides that it wants to move away from Twitch, for instance, and put it on YouTube or something like that. That This would be a huge problem for you because not only would it be like, yo, not only are we taking this off of, of Twitch, um, but we're now... Is, co-streaming is allowed on YouTube as well, right? Or is it only it on is. Twitch right now? Nope, so like, let's, or, or vice versa. You know, you decide to take it away from YouTube, it goes exclusively to Twitch. That This becomes like a pretty difficult situation for you guys to navigate right because not only are you putting it on a different platform but now it's you're you're closing down those co-streamers on those platforms from being able to access it yeah um, i mean those are those are all things we'll have to take into consideration like ultimately if there's um, an exclusive media deal that that we're interested in pursuing and it makes sense for the league and for our ownership and and for our fans i i think that you know this will be something we consider but ultimately like co-streaming isn't going to make or break our media rights deal would that be uh, something you guys would ever consider an exclusive uh streaming deal somewhere sure i i think we would i mean you have to consider everything right like the goal of the league is to be here in 20 years and to be sustainable and you know we provide revenue share back to our owners so we certainly want to make sure that our teams are able to make money and um that you know people can continue to pay pro salaries and Mark Z has a job every week. Like these are he does these are hotline league. Yeah, well, yeah. past that, right? Paying job. <laughs> uh, well, he gets paid. He just doesn't ever invoice <laughs> me, so I have to hit my bank account really hard after six months. I just love hitting him with like that 10k invoice. That's Jesus all right. Christ. Anyway, uh, but yeah, but like if there's if there's a deal that makes sense for us, um, we would certainly consider it for the LCS. Okay. Well, I think got... I, I. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Just personally like that approach. Like I think it's better to try the things even if there's potential complications down the road that aren't like that serious at the end of the day um i'd rather you guys try stuff like co-streaming or i don't know whatever else is out there but you know i, I like trying those things at least well that's like everyone in Twitch chat during Academy Rush was like, why Why would you try this? Like people on Monday Night League, when we rolled out a new graphics package, we're like, why would you do this? There's, everyone asks for innovation and then when they, or, or change. And when they see it, if they're not in love with it in the first second, it's like, why would you take something that wasn't broken and break it? Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're looking to, to do new things, try new things. Some of them will work, some of them won't. Hopefully, you, you know, you get it right more times than you get it wrong. Guy, is there anything that you uh, would be like you're curious about seeing change in the co-streaming situation or anything? I mean, I know it's easy because you're basically like, hey, Greeley, I like what you're doing. 
He's like, great. But I'm just curious if you have any improvements or anything you'd like to do to see different. Um, I would want to see, like, so, like, right now, the way they do co-streaming, right, is, like, they stream over, like, they'll stream over, like, uh, a YouTube link or, like, uh, a, a Twitch, like, Twitch VOD or, like, whatever, right? Um, I, I would like them to, like, have the actual in-game spectator, you know? So, like, they could, like, click on champions and, like, stuff like that. I assume Ooh, from a technical challenge that tourney, becomes... Tourney Realm accounts. Yeah. It's that? Oh, wait, yeah, those are LAN. Those are LAN servers. They can't, I don't think they can do that. I assume the technical challenge well, there is pretty strong. Yes. <laughs> Could they? Are yeah. they able to co-stream from ProView? No, because you guys want them to, to, to buy... Yeah, you no, want people not. to buy ProView, so you wouldn't want right. somebody to just be able to access it. Yeah. Oh. That's an interesting idea, though, for ProView, is what if, what if, um, I guess I don't know why Dom or Ellis or anyone would ever be incentivized to do this. Mark, you're just slowly creeping. Maybe, maybe you just move the camera back to yourself. Um, I, it would be interesting if buying ProView gives you, like, a Dom stream where he's looking at the jungle for that week or something like that. I don't think that'd be interesting. Uh, either way, thanks, Guy, for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh... Vote for Bernie Sanders. Great. Thank you so much for the call. <clears throat> Mark, you want to go get the next caller? Yeah, sure. Shout out That's to, interesting, though. To the oh, sorry, Iowa man. Caucus. Do, do shout outs. No, no, go ahead. I was giving a shout out to the Iowa Caucus right now. Um, what, <laughs> what were you going to say, though? Yeah, they're apparently having a bunch of problems counting votes. It's like a big thing. Oh, are they? As we speak. Thanks. Um, I think that's interesting being able to pull someone into like their own pro view stream. Yeah. Um, we could probably bring them on site to do something like that, but there's a bunch of like backend tech stuff. I don't know if it's like, it's at, like we can put those pieces together, but I'm I'm taking a lot of good ideas back from the old uh, hotline league. Thank you. Thank you. That's, I mean, this, this show is nothing but great ideas. I know you probably don't watch it, but if you did, you would be able your job would be 50% easier because these 200 IQ view, viewers who call in have nothing but great ideas for the league. Speaking of, Mackie is here. Mackie, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Quebec City in Canada. Quebec City. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? I wanted to talk about uh, what is the state of the team pass with oh. uh, the LCS. Team pass. Okay. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but right now Team Pass doesn't exist as a purchasable product for this split, correct? That's correct. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll just toss Mackie's question right at you. What is the state of the Team Pass for the LCS? Yeah. So um, Team Pass, for those that don't know, uh, was a product we rolled out in Europe and North America. I noticed you say uh, was. What? You said was a product. Well, because it's not currently available for purchase. Okay. 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 Sorry. Right. Continue. Uh we rolled it out in summer of 2019. You could buy a team pass for an LCS or an LEC team, uh, and you did a bunch of missions, and you got some like in-game team-specific stuff. So you got a ward skin. Uh, I think there was an emote. And then if you did all of the uh, missions, you got a Braum Chroma uh, for either the LCS or the LEC. You also got a cool LCS icon, which is my current icon in-game. Um, I thought I love Team Pass. Um, you don't find me saying I, I don't love very much stuff uh, around the LCS. So I'm terribly biased, uh, but there were there were a bunch of problems with it. Um, 
the way you purchased it was an issue. Some of the mission cadences were an issue. Uh, the team that worked on it um, or is working on it uh, kind of they, they poured a lot of love into into trying to make Team Pass the best experience it could be last year. But when they took back all the feedback, they looked at all the numbers. They didn't think that they could get something out uh, for spring of 2020 that did all the things that they wanted it to do and that they thought fans would want it to do. So they pulled it down to, to tinker with it and see if they could refresh Team Pass to make it something that was more exciting. So I think the goal is to get it back up for summer, but I've been told no promises in that. So I'm not promising. Is Team Pass summer. the new fantasy? Team Pass is not the new fantasy. Ooh. Deep cuts. Yep, he's coming right at me. I think it's I, I, what's very funny to me is I actually suspect that fantasy is like the small but very passionate group of people. There's like 20 people who only want to watch LCS because of fantasy, and these people hate you and have and they've become the bane of your existence. But it is funny just to hear like put me in that group, man. I I love <laughs> fantasy. But I I I also love the idea that once again you're like. Oh, we had this product. It wasn't really meeting expectations. We're not going to do it for spring, but potentially for summer. We're exploring it. Uh, it definitely uh, seems, I a, sounds I familiar. I have a take on, on the Team Pass. What about uh, a skin for each team that you could buy for, in, let's say, the summer split for a champ? Or something you can like just buy to represent and help the team that you like? Because currently, like we all know that the, the problem with the Team Pass was the viewing experience, let's say. But we... like. The fact that you could have an icon and you know, like, show that you are a super fan of, let's say, FlyQuest or C9 or etc., was very appealing, I guess, for a lot of fans, and that's why I bought it myself. So, um, yeah, just throwing some ideas like that around yeah. around Team Pass. Now that that's awesome. Um, we've looked at a lot of stuff with the teams on how do we create more digital merchandise around the teams and and how do we connect things like Team Pass to um, like real merchandise, like physical merchandise. How do we connect it to team fan clubs? It's like it's it's all on the board, um, but you know we're 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 working on it. Okay, highest um, rated okay. team pass player gets flown out for a boot camp <laughs> at the team at the Mark yeah. Z house. <laughs> yeah, and I would have, uh, I would have another question about um, like you have the up uh, the upcoming owner meeting coming up, right? I would like to know what is up with this. Like, what is the what is going to be the focus on on this meeting? Do you have any like takes for the LCS? I think the, the owners' meeting was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we had uh, the the last owners' meeting was like two weeks ago, I think. Give and us what the, came up from that. Give us the best news and the worst news from the owner yeah. meeting. If, did somebody take notes there? Can you just give us the notes? Yeah, let me let me grab those. I'll yeah, I'll ship them right over. Um. Best news from the owners meeting is that I think a lot of the owners left like pretty optimistic about the future of the LCS. Um, worst news. Nicole's in the chat right now. She says, what is up with these owners meetings? I don't know if yeah. that, if that means, uh, oh, and Jack says worst news, not returning to the best of three. Yeah, there you go. There so, you go. <laughs> yeah, it was like, um, the, the, it was a it was a good owners meeting, so not a lot of not a lot of bad things coming there was out of nothing, it. There was nothing bad coming out of the owners meetings. I've heard rumors <laughs> about these owner meetings, uh, Greeley. I do not believe you when you say it was all good news, roses and sh sunshine. Everything was great. No, that, no meetings ever like that though. Um, 
but more more good news than bad. Um, people left feeling generally good, and that's that's what we shoot for at those meetings. Is that people people leave optimistic that the league is is in a good place and going in a good direction. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. For me, I think I'm going to be out. Uh, go Vulcan. And I hope that summer would be in Montreal. Good. Thank you so much, Racky. Thanks. Montreal would be cool, but you could only do it in the summer because I think it's probably still too cold in the spring. So, But we haven't done Canada for a while, so I'm I'm down to return. Consider this my official request for Canada. Heard. Okay. Uh, Mark, you want to go grab our next caller? Sure. Push chat. Very excited about Vulcan. Thank you to Robot Russ for 24 months. I think I might have said that. Two years. It's crazy. We got a lot of two years people hidden right now. Uh, Poor on Mars. Thank you for the 18 months. Uh, we got the Kim Dynasty in Twitch chat right now also. Previously of Riot Games. And Sherman here. Sherman says cookies... Oh no! Uh, earlier he said that the problem with the owners meeting was that the snack game was pretty weak. Is this true? Yeah. Yeah, the snack game was, was not awesome. Yeah the hell just give yeah. out tons of bartenders blend that shit is so good it's the single thing i look forward to the most when i played D D at ride every week hmm. bartenders blend tom shoe not the DD. tom shoe where no. are you calling from hey what's up guys uh calling from hampton. from where hampton roads virginia okay sorry you kind of Country broke roads? up a little bit uh what do you uh, <laughs> what do you want up. what do you want to talk about on the show uh so <sighs> Can we talk about just how good of a season Zven has been having? And let's tell it in, because there was this there's this Reddit post right now on front page uh, talking about how Zven has had an absolutely career career going to have a career year over these past four games. He's at perfect KDA, highest goal differential in the league, highest CS differential in the league, highest XP differential league, number one in solo kills, and he's just. All around, just having this fantastic year that so happens seems to come right after he leaves TSM. How much money does Steven pay you? How much money do they pay me? Yeah, yeah. Jack's oh, in the chat right now. This is he's this is his dream. This Bro, is actually Jack with a, uh, <laughs> Jack with a voice modifier. He's like, Bro, and so I'm when I picked up Zven, I mean, when free. C9 picked up Zven, I knew, I they knew that this would be a great year. No, go ahead. Uh, sorry, continue. I made such a good decision. I mean, yeah. they did. But, yeah, like I was saying, they just all seem to happen right after they leave TSM. And don't we see, always have, it doesn't always seem to be a coincidence that players always tend to be better after they leave TSM. So I think it's finally now with Zven coming off and having such a great year. And now even freaking Greg is coming out and going to Dignitas and being successful. And Akagan's going to Dig Academy and being successful. Well, all and right. Like, let's, let's... Can, we finally, can we finally just say that TSM, the management, the ownership, the culture is the problem? Because like, they remind me of like, I don't know if anyone like watches American football since the Super Bowl nope. just came on. Just like that they are basically becoming the New York Giants of the LCS. Because they, they, where they used to be, like, fantastic back in the day, and they had their superstar mid laner or quarterback, Bjergsen, who's basically Eli Manning. But now it's just a whole bunch of terrible roster decisions. <laughs> Tom, do you remember less than a year ago playing... when TSM was one game away from being from winning Spring Split and going to MSI as the best team from North yeah. America? Yeah, and, and this is what I'm talking about because in 
the uh, the uh, the New York Giants had this dead cat balance where they went eleven and five, and they made the playoffs, and they got knocked out in the first round. And this was after they continued falling, and they ended up three and thirteen, in which they ended up just being bad that last year. So now all the, all the good players are leaving, and now no one wants to come play for this org because. Is it is it the management? We can finally just say, can we just say it? Is it? It's the management. It's the players. It's the culture. Because it's just the talent. There, there's a lot of citation needed going on. Yeah, there's rant. a whole lot. No one wants no to one go wants there. To, who call doesn't me. want to come there? Biofrost just went back there. He had been on the okay, team previously. Okay, for starters, we already saw that what they just did with Zix after that leaks after that leak Discord call, he said, "Oh, working for TSM is so awful," and no, no, he didn't want to go there, so he immediately went there, and then they automatically like when things started breaking down, they already went against many of his wishes as coach, and then Reggie steps in, then usurps his power, writing on the wall, he's gone. Same for Song, he goes in the moment things get bad. Okay, Reggie so, steps in. All right. Do you, on the uh, ball, do you think so there, Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say there's one little teensy problem with your theory here, and this is going to be really flamey, so I apologize in advance, but it's too good of a oh, yeah, sure. example. Uh, all these guys left, and they're doing great. Sven, Grig, I guess, even though you know he wasn't starting for that long, and they actually, I think it was 4 0 when they decided not to use him. Uh, but yeah, yeah you got Sven, to use Mike the, Young the, as a counterexample. No, well I could, but I wasn't going. To, I was going to use Smoothie <laughs> as a counterexample. The guy that Sven was laning with currently looks like one of the worst supports in the league right now. You okay. don't think that maybe that that matter going from him to 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 Vulcan, who everyone wanted in the offseason, everyone knew was one of the best supports in the league. I mean, does that change the overall problem of TSM doing that, though? Like, heck, Sven Saren, since Garen left, and he's doing bad. I mean, Dardot came in, and now... Can't you, like, say, can't you say the opposite, though? Isn't isn't C9 the solution, then? Look, Sven Sven left C9. They're losing now. What happened well, to I him? Mean, I mean, that just explains the contrast between C9 and TSM. How good C9 is good at developing their players. I'll take my check. All right, Jack, way. calm down. Um, so, I think... <laughs> Uh, I, so I I feel pretty proud of the fact that at the end of last year, whenever people were doubting Sven joining C9, I was like, look, this guy's one letter away from the other guy who, it's one letter, right? Who was like, who left TSM uh, with, in disgrace and then joined C9 and then it became an MVP. Um, I'm just curious how long Sven will stay on C9 before Jack sells him and pisses off his fan base again. But I... We have a new franchise AD carry one year later. $4 million transfer bonus for Jack. ESPN reports. <laughs> um, but, like, okay, so so is is there a fundamental issue with TSM? Let's throw this to League Commissioner Chris Greeley, uh, who has frequent conversations, I'm sure, with Andy. Is there a fundamental issue over at TSM? Is that what's happening? Or is, is C9 great? What Which of these is, is, is your false dichotomy I'm offering you? So I, I'm not going to, because he's in the chat, I'm not going to say anything nice about Jack or his team, but I okay. will say that uh, I don't think it is a culture problem at TSM. Uh, I also, just for the record, uh, the Giants did win two Super Bowls with Eli Manning. He was the MVP of both Super Bowls. They beat the Patriots both times, including ending the Patriots' uh, undefeated See, run. And this is, and that's 2017 TSM, and that's when the downfall started. That's two and, years ago. 
Yeah, 2017. And, you know, because, you know, like two years in esports is like 10 years in regular sports. You know what I mean? I mean, Mark's point is the right one. They were they were one one ADC getting caught in the barren pit away from winning spring finals and going to MSI. Who yeah, happens to be that killing was, that, it now. That was that right. Giants dead cat bounce I just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, they do well for one split after the New York Giants GM decides to invest big on a bunch if, of players. If TSM has a culture problem, what does CLG have? They have an everything problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of two people who haven't made the finals uh, since TSM last made the finals and did well. And there's there's plenty of people who haven't made the finals since TSM blew up their last roster at Worlds that was dominating North America. What are going on with those teams? Who's won? Who's won a split more recently, TSM or C9? <laughs> yeah, this sounds, this sounds like this sounds like a fallacy. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, the problem is you can pull all these random things here, right? So one, I, I, I'll i say this. I do think it is fascinating that you pull Sven out of, out of TSM. He now looks like a completely different player. Part of that, though, is, so I did an interview with uh, Doublelift the uh, first time um, I think I've ever interviewed him. But the there was an interview with him, and in it he talks a lot about how he feels like Sven... Sven is playing the best he's ever seen and part and he blames it or he puts it on support difference. He feels like that that's the big thing. And uh, Jack made a really big deal, uh, also a very big check to get Vulcan. And so in a sense, and I, I think what you can say about C9 is that they were willing in a way TSM never was to make a huge financial bet to ensure that Sven was set up for the best possible success whenever he joined the team. So you can you can applaud Jack for that. I'm not sure yet if you can say TSM again, who made who one game away from MSI last year, has like these fundamental issues that they'll never clear up. I get you have some Giants reference. I don't know what it is, and I don't care. Uh, but like less than a year ago, this team looked fine. Um, I think they had Kabe for like one week before they got to uh, <clears throat> start playing in LCS. So. I just I'm not willing to write the team off yet. Um, I do I do enjoy the funniness of the TSM player going to C9 though, and I think it's a great storyline that'll continue to feed the LCS in a great way. Oh yeah, I'm just saying that expectations are just a very big deal, considering like the talent, especially when they get hyped up and come to TSM and then subsequently underperform. You just kind of have to be very concerned about, especially like you know. Ben and Mithy came in, underperformed. Double Live Yellow Star, underperformed. Yeah. Sven Skarin. So Double Lift went on to... Jack says that to TL, and then... Oh, wait, uh, one, you mean the four. Biofrost Double Lift years didn't happen on TSM? Yeah, and I mean, that was great until they, you know, flopped out of world. I like how every single one again. of your positive points is basically like, yeah, but that was only great till it wasn't. It's like... <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I can't wait for Bjergsen to leave TSM and join C9. That's going to be a, a huge jump in his performance. Can we please do that? Just move on. <clears throat> See, he's like Eli Manning. Jack in chat says on. he's broke. And after buying Vulcan, please buy his merch. Um, <laughs> and I would just say, Jack, you recently got back some equity. You could sell some of that. I might give you some money. <laughs> oh uh, Tom, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? 
uh, of course, uh, you know, hashtag is safe for LCS. And uh, turns out the they got there was news out that Rush Limbaugh has like lung cancer. Can't say I feel bad for him, but yeah, have a great night, guys. <laughs> Thank you. We've, it's been a very political, politically charged night. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we got three more callers to go. Uh, Mark, you want to grab the next one? Yeah. All right. Um. I'm just I I I'm waiting to see I've made so many equity jokes about Jack I'm, and he continues to be a sub of my stream and I'm just the moment that he's no longer a sub is when I will know that I've made too many equity jokes. They're just so fun. Uh, all right, should be getting the next uh, caller here in just a second. Again, thank you to Commissioner Greeley for coming on and dealing with all the bullshit that is the show. Uh, pour on Mars for 18 months. I think I, I shouted them out already. Uh, thank you everyone who's subbing. I really appreciate it. By the way, there's a subtopics chat. Uh, so if in the future, if now or in the future, you guys want to sub, it helps out. It gets you in here faster. Uh, did you pull this guy? No. <laughs> you pulled him. I don't think I did. His, I his did not pull not ring any bells. You, do this we, is your favorite thing to do is to pull people and then blame it on me. Not no, 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 I did not. I've not pulled anyone tonight. Tubby Custard is here. Great name, by the way. Where are you calling from? Uh, San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. Who pulled you? Uh, Oswald did. He just doesn't remember. Okay, that's my expectation. Bullshit. I didn't. I, you, if you think this is a setup, I did not pull him. Maybe I just don't remember his take at all. Okay. It was like what? What is? What is your? Do you have? Did you have multiple takes, Tubby? Uh, it's kind of like a multi-part one. Uh, but but it's it's all directed at Mr. Greeley. Um, As so many things are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my question is just where do you see the LCS lining up with other major traditional sports like NBA, NFL, NHL, things like that uh, in a term of professionalism and things like uh, now that now that all the teams are franchised, things like contracts, like veteran minimums, rookie contracts, salary caps, luxury tax, things like that. It's a lot you're throwing at it, but <laughs> go, go. No, I mean – Go Finally, a question that's not about like uh, competitive performance of a of an LCS yeah. team. By the way, Mark pulled a question appropriate for you being on the show, and he doesn't remember pulling it. That's a testament to his. It's because he the preamble was longer. Once he said veteran salary caps, veteran minimums, those kinds of okay, basically the stru the financial structure of other leagues. I was like, oh yeah, now I remember. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so. Quick reminder, uh, Tubby, that the that San Antonio is about a four and a half hour drive from Frisco, Texas. So come see us at Spring Finals. Um, so I, I think we've. I mean, obviously we have gaps right between the the kind of professionalism and, and standards that you see in an NBA or an NFL and and where we are now um, in the LCS. But I, I think like if you compare the LCS in like, you know, started in 2013, so season number eight. If you compare where we are after eight seasons to where any conventional sports league was after eight seasons, probably pretty far ahead. Uh, the biggest limiting factor that we have in things like salary cap and luxury taxes and veteran minimums and waiver wires and like all the fun things from conventional sports is that we don't sit opposite a player union on the other side. So, uh, there are anti-competitive um, laws, uh, antitrust laws in the U.S. that limit the amount of uh, limit the amount of things that we can do that would otherwise impact the 
uh, career and earning potential of a player. So a salary cap would be considered anti-competitive when you don't have a union on the other side who can collectively bargain with the league around the terms of the salary cap and all the other pieces that go with it. So like, I, I think we're in a great place for um, the age of the league, not having a union on the other side. There are, we've got a really long league operating manual. When you sit and go through that, there are provisions that are required in every player contract. There are uh, provisions that are, are not permitted in contracts. We review all of those. Like we go through and make sure like from our point of view that players have a, a like basic amount of protection, right? Like even things like there, uh, you can't have a right of first refusal in an LCS contract. You can't have a contract longer than three years. You can't have automatic options that like keep a player signed up to a team. Um, there's a lot of pieces in place that we're, we're pretty proud of. And like every league, including the NBA and the NFL, there are always things that we can do to get better. And we're spending a lot of times uh, with our like, competitive operations staff and our player management folks looking at the things that we're doing now and that we could be doing better. I, I have a question on that, though. Um, you're in an interesting situation because you cannot legally talk about, well, that I guess I actually don't know what you can do because you're not technically part of the ownership groups that are paying the players, but because you can't have salary caps, player salaries have ballooned dramatically over the past couple of years based off of what's been reported. <clears throat> what's fascinating to me is then the owners in these owners meetings come and say, it cost me X number of dollars to run this team because I have to pay all these players so much money. Where is my revenue share? How are we going to meet my needs as an owner? So it's, you're in a weird situation kind of where like, in a sense, a lot of the owners expect you to cover their expenses or the league to cover the expenses, but you also aren't in a position to try to like keep those expenses down. How do you navigate that? Um, and, and do you feel like you have to, do you, does it become a worry for you if teams are spending astronomical amounts of money on players and then far outpacing their revenue? Yeah. I mean, of course that's a, that's a concern, but it's as big a concern for Nicole and Jack and Steve and the other owners in the room as it is for me. Um, they're ultimately the ones that have to shoulder the losses and, and get the, the profits if there are any. Um, we've had discussions with the owners about what a luxury tax could look like, what a like soft salary cap system could look like. There are options. The issue, like not to go to like lawyer nerd, is that there aren't a lot of opportunities to test like salary cap systems outside of a union structure to see whether or not courts think they violate antitrust laws because the four major conventional sports not only have player unions, but they are specifically exempt from antitrust laws. So there's like no opportunity other than like, you know, free agency being established through a bunch of lawsuits in baseball and a couple other pieces that have formed. There's not a lot of opportunities for us to test these things. So if you put something in place, you're inherently taking a risk that ultimately a player will challenge the system that's there and the system won't stand up. Um, but again, like we, like salaries went down, not a lot, but salaries went down between 2018 and 2019. Um, I think that teams are looking to be more reserved in their, their spending. Like you certainly see some big members flashed around on ESPN, but like how, how often do you see that, right? Two or three times in an off season, like everyone 
talked about what was reported as like a Vulcan's transfer fee. Like Jacob had an article out today, Jacob Wolf from ESPN, where he talked about the transfer fees that were reportedly paid, um, you know, between EG and Cloud9 and between Cloud9 and Dignitas. Like there were some reports on um, Hooney's salary on, on Dignitas. But like when you get past those couple of reports, there's not a lot in the press about what how much players are making so i think the idea that salaries are completely out of control um is probably not backed up by by current salary data players are certainly making some players are certainly making more than they were two or three years ago but like all in all i think teams have done a pretty good job of not doing anything insane considering they have to worry about their bottom line i did hear that this offseason a couple players didn't make it onto a team because they were asking for too much or like that they had to uh, take longer to get signed than they, they wanted to because their initial asking price didn't get them, which was surprising considering how different things sounded before. Yeah. I heard the mm-hmm. same rumors in 2019 as well, that like guys went out, tested the market with a big number and they didn't have any takers. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only 10 teams. So if you're trying to leave your team to get more money, you've only got nine buyers. Like depending on what position you're you're playing, right? There's probably only three or four teams in the market at your position. So then the question becomes, are you the best available player? And like are you asking for significantly more money than the, the next guy in line? Right. So there's there's a lot of factors that I think keep salaries from getting too out of control, but certainly there's salary creep year over year. Tubby. Uh, does that answer a lot of your question? It does, yes. Very informative. Uh, anything you want to say here at the end of the call? Uh, I think Chris mentioned some 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 sort of Worlds event at Dallas. Uh, were, were there tickets for me, or should we, we talk later? <laughs> uh, we, we we should talk later. Yeah, but that all right. us. Spring Spring Finals is at the uh, is in Frisco. Uh, in April, it's at the uh, Cowboys training facility at the Star. Uh, so we'll be bringing the show down uh, for two days in April. Awesome. Yeah, just put put the tickets to Will Call. I'll be there. Thanks, guys. No I got Thank you. you. I'll, put, I'll put it under the name of Tubby Custard. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, Don't say on. that on your ID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Mark is grabbing one of our two final callers. Uh, Jay Mauds. Thank you for the sub. Mikey Steves, thank you for the 16 months. Hoja, thank you for the three months. Subs are great. Just the salt of the earth. Subs are fantastic people. <laughs> really, do you feel like you could run a team better than some of the owners in the league? No, I don't. Not even not even close. Okay. Some of I your feel pre- like I can, I can run a league better than, than the owners in my league, but I don't feel like I could run a team better. <laughs> well, some of your predecessors thought they could, they or seem, seemingly thought they could run a team better than, than some of the owners in their league, so I was just curious. Uh, modest Chandelier, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Hawaii. Hawaii, which I love. Whoa! I love yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Usually I'm not able to watch live because it's about dinner time. Usually when you all start. Yeah. Well, what ti- uh, which island are you on? Oahu. I was talking to s- some friends about going back uh, there this year, so I'm hoping so. I, I went for a couple years in a row and then I didn't get to go. Either way, yeah. uh, what do you want to talk about would... on the show? Uh, yeah, I had called in to talk about uh, that I think contract, 
like money numbers should be made public. A lot of teams, particularly C9, have been flamed for questionable roster changes and when that probably was just a budget constraint of like impact going to liquid and was like getting offered over a million bucks and you know that may have been out of the question to be paying every player like millions of dollars that year to try to to try to match steve with his boatloads i think romaine when he was over here in 2018 when he was part of optic he talked about what the average salary for the league was and then i think you mentioned it again last year in some article or does some anyone interview. remember ember publishing their public salary and they on were the christmas only one day doing? i remember that incredibly well because i did a video talking about how i thought salary should be public and then they were like we're gonna do it and i was like why are you doing this on christmas day also you're the team that shouldn't do this and then they did it anyway and then they flamed out they burned then, yeah, out. they were just overpaying people for the market. The yeah, time. yeah, they're like, like, they're like, we're gonna take Travis up on his challenge. We're paying three hundred thousand dollars to our challenger players in twenty seventeen or something. I don't. Know. That was great. Anyway, people lost a lot of money on that, but the players didn't. Anyway, uh, the so, but you did you you mentioned I think in an interview last year, Greeley, what the average salary was in twenty nineteen, or or maybe what people tend to be making or something like that. Yeah, the the average salary for LCS starters last year was something like three three ten or three hundred and fifteen thousand somewhere somewhere in that neighborhood. What is it now? Uh, I don't know. I we we've got all the contract data. Like I just haven't sat down to go over it with the competitive well, And what do you, you do on a daily basis? You 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 mentioned it in a different interview last year. So it'd been nice if you could have done it on Hotline League this year. Um, Sorry, man. I'll I'll come back for you. We'll, okay, we'll do something at the studio. I'll drop the number exclusively in a Trafford Travis Gafford uh, interview. At Exclusive. The Breaking God. news: the journalist. He needs ah. he needs something, Chris. He's dying as a journalist. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I don't even use that term anymore. Um, the the PR folks at Riot are going to be so happy that you just committed an exclusive uh, thing to me. They're going to be so happy. Anyway, uh, modest uh, wants public well, I salaries. Think- yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm more curious about is like you you talked about some of the the hurdles for why a salary cap would be difficult. Are there any hurdles for public salaries and if not, why do we Owners, not have them? I assume. Well, but like that's not a legal problem. That's a Right, right, right. I mean, like is, is there any actual legal reasoning and if not, what are the reasons? So, um the reason you tend to see public salaries in conventional sports is that it is the um public mechanism around the salary cap. So you can't actually compute the salary cap if you don't have the salary information for every team to figure out like whether or not teams are actually in compliance with the salary cap. Um, we've asked this question a couple of times, um, primarily like around our around our lawyers. Um, the, the best answer I have at this point is that it is a potential privacy violation for the LCS players since we're not the ones that are in a contract with them to disclose their their contractual, um, like the provisions of their contract, like when we're not a party to the contract. These that guys the, have cameras around them all the time. We shouldn't be concerned about their privacy. Yeah, well, I don't, well, I don't think it works. with you too, Travis. How much do you make a year? So you're worried about the... <laughs> wait, wait, you're just going to ignore me? Yeah, yeah, I don't... I don't want you to know what I make a year. Otherwise, you'd start. We'd have to have conversations I'll show you, about I'll your show rate you for the show. I'll show you mine if you show me. 
I think we've talked day rates before, and I know your day rate because I pay you your day rate. Anyway. You don't pay me my day rate. I give you a... F- well, it's not really a discount considering it's two hours in, in my bedroom. Two hours unprepared, voting it in. I think yeah. I I think I give you a premium rate on your day rate. So, uh, uh, right. Anyway, really so happy you came on the show. Anyway, so so the so okay, setting aside the legality of it, uh, Greeley, philosophically, what do you think of the idea of of making this information public? Like, if your lawyers came to you tomorrow and said, "Yo, it's fine, we can do this," what what would what would be next steps for you, or what would your thought process be? So, I, I mean, we'd want to align with the teams and the players, right? So, I mean, ultimately, we'd be a lot more concerned with the players um, and their view on having their, their salaries be public. Because, so, like, you think about it from the fan perspective, and it's like, well, I should know what, like, what the, what a, a, a team payroll looks like. I should know what various players make. I should be able to go out and make arguments that someone is overpaid or someone is underpaid or wouldn't it be great if like you move this player over here but there are real practical considerations like when you're 18 years old and you make five hundred thousand dollars that there are now a bunch of people in the world who like may not have your best interest at heart uh who know that you are sitting on a bunch of cash and spend 12 hours a day playing video games and probably don't have a financial advisor so we would have some concerns from a league perspective about making some of our players, especially some of our younger players, targets. Uh, there's like that's why in, in professional sports, the players' association has like you know a hundred employees or and a bunch of uh, they're not actually that big. That's totally uh, hyperbolic, but like they've got a bunch of employees. They've got programs in place around financial literacy. Like there's not I don't know if there are any conventional sports players playing at a professional level that don't have an, at least an agent or a lawyer. So. You know, we want to make sure that we're not, you know, turning around and, and turning our players into targets. Uh, that's a great take. Here's a better one. It's way more fun for me and other people in the scene to talk about rosters when we know the numbers, too. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I can mean, you, that's obviously a much less. Significant so so concern, can you but. can you would how comfortable would you be? So probably less privacy concerns around the release of obfuscated information so for instance you mentioned last year the annual or the average salary for the league uh last year i did a video where i ranked the teams based off of their efficiency because i got but did not disclose the the salaries the total salaries that each team spends um would you like could you take steps and would you be interested in taking steps to disclose more data perhaps not individual data or personal data but like like I heard, for instance, that the Players Association gives the average salary number for each role. So it's like, hey, the mid laners on average are making X number of dollars. And so that yep. gives the mid laners the opportunity to then know, okay, well, this is the average. I think I'm in the top half. Here's how I'll negotiate or something. Yeah, and we're, for at least the first two years the PA was around, we provided that information to them. We gave them the high, low. I think the median and the average. Could you? Uh, could you do? Position. Would you be interested in doing this publicly? I think I'd be interested in having some discussions with the PA and the teams um, around what that could look like. Yeah. Okay. Fair Everyone enough. just wants to see uh, mid lane as the most. Just put that out because we all know it's true, and we just want to know by how much. Is it? I mean, it, I think it's getting complicated now because you've got Bjergsen taking equity right like so that probably keeps his number down a lot 
Yeah, but the, it's the most imported position, which I assume is relatively more expensive. I don't know. Top laners. Um, That's true. They get some fat bucks. Yes. Modest, anything that you uh, want to say as we move on to the next caller? Modest? Modest chandelier? Fell, fell asleep uh, during his own take. No. So, sorry. Good morning. I'm listening to this stream. Oh, it's okay. No. No, I... Sorry. It's okay. Anything you oh, want yeah. to say? He said, he said in Discord. My, my Discord sound crapped out. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just listening to the stream. All right. Well, we're going to, and in 15 seconds, I'll hear you give a shout out and say goodbye to everybody. <clears throat> Wait patiently. Any minute. Okay. Uh, I guess shout outs to Boards of Canada. I love that group. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Modest. Good night. Good night. All right, final caller. Mark is off to grab him. Uh, okay, Steve says, I'll give you some juicy news before the show ends. Um, what does this mean? Steve, Steve, if you join Discord, we'll pull you in uh, as the final caller. Just discord.gg slash Travis. You can join. No, me. this is the final caller. No, no, Steve says he's got juicy news, so... We might. He wants to pop on after Brackther. Oh, okay. Steve's cutting me off as he is. Brackther. No, don't. He says he'll just type it. That's not fun. No, no, no. No, Steve. We we need it on here for Twitch clips. Right, don't after, do don't, don't, don't type it yet. And yeah, exactly. We can't. Don't type it yet. Join the Discord. We'll we'll call you in. Brackther is here. Brackther, where are you calling from? Uh, from the miserable cold lands of uh, Chicago. Yikes! Our second Chicago caller. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to discuss the Iowa caucus. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, Here they're, uh, they're having a recount. <laughs> oh, please, please, no. No more recounts. Um, I wanted to discuss uh, how NA Spring LCS, th there's a perception amongst players and analysts and various league people that it it's kind of useless in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, Peter um, cannot stop saying how he l takes great pleasure in talking about how useless spring split is. I feel like if you just mention, if you're like, <laughs> Peter, what is your favorite season? He'd be like, not spring because it's useless. Um, so, sorry, he go ahead. He's my favorite player of all time, but I think that's just an excuse for his shitty setup play. Okay, okay there we go. <laughs> oh, shit. Fired back. Anyway, sorry, continue back there. All right. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get the commish's thought on, you know, uh, I feel like because there is no real stakes except for, you know, being LCS winner and Teal's done that four times and I'm pretty sure they don't really give a crap about that anymore. They just want to go to Worlds. Um, subconsciously, some of the top players may not even be playing to their best levels just because there isn't anything really at stake here. You know, they don't have the eye of the tiger at this point. Um, I, I don't think these changes to the spring LCS really promotes a competitive spirit. Um, because uh, I love MSI, but it's kind of... No one really cares about it after after it's over. Yeah, I mean, that's the spicy take down the night. Um, <laughs> I mean, Steve just popped in a chat to, to note that they care about both. And, you know, I don't know if that's... Peters are double yeah, Steve, Steve cares Steve. about it. He needs to get his players on board, is what I think. Yeah. He wants to get another like trophy case to carry all of the fucking code. So it, I, I think there's a couple pieces here. One is uh, 
Travis, is it you that did uh, the player interviews where they said they would uh, rather win the LCS than like? No, make it, it was, it was your Lolly Sports guy. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. All right, well, little plug for the uh, for LollySports.com, I guess. Um, I, I think players want to lift a trophy, right? So like. Spring has value in playing in an arena with uh, 11,000 people screaming as you beat somebody in a best of five and go out and have the confetti drop on you and pick the trophy up. It's it's a special moment for players, even when you've done it five or six times uh, for folks. Like, in it, go back and look at the look at Jensen's face when he lifted his first trophy um, in spring last year, and and you can see that. Um, the championship points were were a fun mechanism, but ultimately, it didn't. They like, didn't do a lot. It's this like false f- false thing to prop up, like spring having an impact in on who gets to go to worlds. Like, candidly, if you're the best team in spring and you suck in summer, like I, I don't want you to go to worlds. Like we we want to send the three best teams we can out of North America to worlds. And like, that means that we want the three teams who are playing the best at the end of summer, like as they go into, into worlds, not the two teams that played the best in summer. And then the team that had a great run in spring and limped across the the finish line in summer. Like you have a spring now offers teams, different things, right? If you think you can make a run for a championship and, and MSI, like you spend spring doing that. If you think that, your team needs three months to like figure out the right balance of, of, of players between your academy roster and your LCS roster. You've now you now have a whole split where you don't have to worry about jeopardizing worlds to like find that perfect that perfect balance. Um, I don't I, I think it's different, right? I, I like I read the LEC's release where they talked about keeping championship points because they wanted spring to be about more than than MSI, but I think that like that it's just not putting enough attention on your own trophy and the value in that. And like, candidly, like MSI is not worlds, but MSI is still important, at least to me. Um, and I think to a lot of fans, like I felt, you know, I felt bad when Liquid didn't win MSI last year, and I'm sure I didn't feel half as bad as Steve and his team felt at not getting to pick up that trophy. So, I don't. I, I think that, um, you know. Like every other answer I've given tonight, like we think we're doing the best thing for the LCS, and if it turns out that we were wrong, and at the end of the year, the fans didn't like it, and teams didn't like it, and pros are still complaining that spring felt like a waste of four months, like we'll go back and and look at it again and figure something else out. Um, go ahead, Breck. No, I was going to say I definitely see the pros of uh, of spring as it is right now. Uh, I feel like it can, you know, it lends itself to teams trying out different things, you know, bringing in certain players uh, that they may not have tested normally just because every game was so important to get those, those points. So I definitely see your point of view. Uh, I just feel from my perspective as a, as a viewership, and this may also be correlated with NALCS quality being so suspect right now as far as gameplay goes uh shit <laughs> yes uh i just feel that lens there's there's less reasons to be pumped up if it's just like oh it's clg versus tsm all right i'm out <laughs> i mean i think that's definitely the most compelling case for the whole spring doesn't matter is for a fan it might feel that way a little bit um i feel like 
by the time playoffs roll around and then you start getting into the the finals and then MSI, I think fans fans will feel like they care, but um, I understand that it might feel a little worse for like the fourth place team or like a fan of a team who's fighting more for fourth. Like, I don't know, like a FlyQuest fan. Like, I don't think FlyQuest is going to win the split. Maybe I'm wrong and I'll, I'll be eating my words in a little bit, but like a FlyQuest fan might be more interested in spring when they're trying to earn these championship points because they're they're not going to MSI. You know, like I think I can understand a fan's perspective around that stuff. I don't want to take uh, Greeley's time too much because I know we said we'd we'd be out of here by ten. But I just the the final thing on this uh, is uh, so teams are probably looking at spring split differently now. They're they're thinking you know maybe we want to go to MSI that'd be great. But also I feel like they might try different things more often than they would have before. Was there ever consideration as you guys were getting rid of championship points of moving to a different system? I mean, people would like to see. I guess this would be difficult to negotiate since you have to do it with like a, on the global side, but like more international play or people feel like the splits are too long or like it, it feels like if spring split is no longer this build up to getting championship points or whatever, there's an opportunity there to, to mess with the format in a way that maybe you guys didn't weren't able to before. Was there ever any consideration on changing it as being something that feels a little bit more dynamic? No, but only because like Europe still has championship points, right? Like we're we're trying this here because we think ultimately it makes more sense in the in the long run. But like you can divorce those two conversations. Like, like having or not having championship points doesn't really have an impact on like what this split looks like, right? If we sat down with the esports folks from the LEC and the LPL and the LCK and like a couple of the other leagues and our global team. And we all agreed that like, Hey, we need to shorten the spring split so that we can find time for a season kickoff event, or let's cut summer in half, or let's go to three splits. Like those are all things that we would do kind of together as a, as a global unit rather than the LCS just saying, all right, now that we've gotten rid of championship points, like bang, like let's have another international tournament because we can change spring around. I, I think it's, more of a long-term thing well even if even if it was not an international thing like you could have done instead of like nine weeks of split you could have done less weeks of split or you could have done i don't know you could you could have messed with the format maybe like it because right now spring split is almost identical to summer other than the fact that you have eight teams going into playoffs in summer you don't have that in spring right right so there's only six in spring. yeah yeah so so other than that, they're two, they're identical, but they serve different purposes, right? And so my only point is, is there a world where now that this serves like a different purpose, it might not need to be identical to summer, right? There might be more changes you can make to it. For sure. And I think the playoffs are the first indication of that, right? This is the first year where summer playoffs look different than, than spring playoffs. I mean, we, well, last we year you didn't have it. a third, fourth place match. So it was different last year too. Yeah, that's fair. Um, at least the the general formats of the playoffs were sure. were the same um and jack told me not to cancel the third fourth place match in spring and that i would regret it when championship points came down at the end of the year and he turned out to be right anyway so um like we we tossed around the idea of having a kickoff tournament this year and had a bunch of ideas on the board and had a you know trying to figure out how to shift the split around and you know how to what's a compelling format that like feels interesting to watch and it feels good for teams and pros and fans, but like doesn't kind of overweight 
um, an opening tournament. It doesn't like, you know, penalize people. And we, you know, talked a lot about a for fun tournament and maybe we bring in some teams from like outside of the LCS to see what that looked like. But ultimately we, we didn't find anything that felt like, felt like a good use of everybody's time. Um, so, you know, it goes back on the drawing board and we'll, we'll keep looking at it. Like building guardians who made a bunch of like, really helped push toward the um, format we have now. Like, they, when we had a meeting with all the teams, like, they got up and presented the idea, um, or some of the ideas that we eventually, like, tweaked a little bit, but, like, formed the basis for some of our format changes for this year. They had some they had some cool stuff in there that we'll continue to look at for the future, but you kind of can't change everything at once, so. I think a kickoff tournament sounds sick. Because I, I do, like, my only problem with the split system right now, especially spring split, is, like, week seven rolls around, week eight. Yeah, you were roboting for a second, but I think we're good now. Week seven rolls around. Actually, it's more like six and seven, and I just, like, run out of things to talk about. And I feel like it's just kind of like this dead zone where, like, by that point in time, you kind of know who the top teams are, you know who the bottom teams are, and we just kind of, like, are brute forcing these weeks. And so I just, whereas in summer, it's a little less of that because you're building with anticipation up to Worlds, but... so. I don't know. I've always kind of felt like spring split was somewhat needlessly long, and some. And I know you guys can't lessen it now because you've sold impressions to sponsors. But um, so doing something more dynamic with the split sounds interesting. Either way, uh, Brack, thank you so much for your call. Anything you want to say as we say goodbye? Uh, I've been a fan since State of the League. Uh, Mark, you're a pretty cool guy. Uh, Travis, I wanted to say one last thing. Um, I was at, I was in a pretty down place in my life, and uh, I didn't really know what to do. And then I decided to treat myself to an Alienware laptop, and it just completely changed my life for the better. So Thank I just you. wanted to leave you with that. Thank you. Did you did you get a Alienware.com slash Travis? I I did. In oh, fact. I'm glad I'm glad your life could turn around just by using that simple URL. Either way, thank you so much for the call. No problem. Is uh, Steve Liquid One One Two Aaron Set still here? Do you have big news to share, or yes. did he get bored? And Steve, Steve. Oh, oh he's, he's here. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, are you joining the Discord? Or are you just gonna like drop something? Type in it in chat. Some news. Dot dot. I can't, can't join. join. He can't join. Okay. All right, Wait. you do the voiceover, Travis. Here. And uh, we're waiting, and with anticipation, he says here. What if he just gets up and leaves right now? It's just like we just, just have to leave. Sit. Everyone wait, watch like just, another hour of the broadcast. Eighty minute. He's gonna say something. This is his revenge for not. For it's me gonna not be like a fucking ritual. He's gonna post a YouTube link, and it's yeah, the fact that I didn't reply to his Twitter DM. This is his punishment. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so. I'd respect you for that. I mean, Thix is in the chat, so it seems like there's some sort of TL. Thing happening going down. Can't wait. <clears throat> Any minute. I now I'm starting to actually think he did because he was. Oh, oh, here's the drop. I know we've been pretty quiet on the visa for Broxa, mostly in part because so much is out of our control. But because you are Travis and I like you so much, I'll share more info. <laughs> this Thursday is an important date. We will hear a response back by then, approved or denied. <laughs> Jack says denied. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. You heard it here first on Hotline League. Remember, this is Hotline League where you're hearing it from whenever you're making the Reddit thread. 
and you're referencing this. Or whatever it's content on creators League. watching this clip. Uh, Thursday is a big date for TL. They find out if they if C9 is winning the split or not on that day. <laughs> oh, that's that's scary. The fact that it's like could still be denied. Like, what what are next steps if it's denied? Do you just like apply again and it takes another couple weeks or months, or is it like a we're doomed? Okay, this <coughs> this raises one last question, Greeley. Have you guys thought about moving up? Like, uh, I know you guys have it a little bit after Worlds right now, which is kind of nice, but also it, it's created kind of the visa stuff, right? Where a lot of teams are, especially this year, we're not getting their players over here in time. So have you guys thought about moving up the free agent open season? It's, it's hard because there's 1,300 contracts across the world that are all tied to that date. Oh. Right, That's the date that we push out in every league across the world so that we're all synced. So that that is a, a hard date for us to move. You could move the start of LCS? I could. It was later this year than it has been in, in prior years. I think we were a week later this year than we were last year. What if we, what if we moved Worlds up by removing all the bad regions like North America and stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mark. Can we get rid of plans? All right. Um, thank you to Chris Greeley for coming on the show. Anything you want to say as we... Uh, any shout-outs, any plugs? You already plugged the, the Texas Finals, but if you want to do that again or anything else. No, watch LCS. Watch Academy Rush on Friday. If you didn't watch Week 2 of Academy Rush, go find it on YouTube. Uh, it is very good. Uh, and you know, I've got kids to put through college, so keep watching. <laughs> uh, watch Academy really Rush. Is this, this gig to last another <laughs> ten years, twenty yeah. years. Yeah, I don't. He said, "Yeah," with such a sad tone in his voice as he <laughs> thought about what it would be like to have to be doing this gig for another ten to twenty years. Could you imagine having to work with these owners for another ten to twenty years? Really has already lost his hair. There's not much more he can lose. He's, it's a tough situation for him. Oh, man. That sounds rough. Anyway. Uh, uh, so this is just a minor thing. Danon, yes. Golden Guardians guy, said, assume they already got RFE'd, which I'm not exactly sure what that stands for. Request for examination. Right, I was going to say. Uh, some kind of like appeal type thing. Yeah. This is only an acceptable request deny. for evidence. I'm sorry. Uh, so no more extensions, and they would have to get refiled if they got denied. So like that sounds like back to square one. Woof. If it gets denied on Thursday. Yikes. Yikes. All right. Anyway, uh, do you have anything you want to shout out, Mark? No, I really got to go to the bathroom because I drink beer this trip. Well, thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, stick around on stream because I'm going to be airing a really spicy double lift interview, uh, assuming we can hit a sub goal. Thank you so much, Greeley, for coming on. I actually really do appreciate it. And I know you get random questions on here and you might wonder why you come on, but it, it is really appreciated. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Everyone else, this has been Hotline League episode 108.